Mark chapter number 10. So thankful for these scriptures. Look with me in verse number 46. Mark chapter number 10, verse number 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. (laughs) And many charged him that he should hold his peace. And he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, (laughs) glory to God. Thank God when the people of God cry out. God hears their cry. God hears the voice of every prayer that's ever prayed. Thank God that he will stop the heartbeat of of every one of us just to be able to see that he is here with us. And I'm so thankful he has. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. and And they called the blind man saying unto him, look at this, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. (laughs) And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand behind this sacred desk. God, I pray that you would just touch us. God, use us this morning. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, God, that I beg you, that this morning would be the day that they get their heart right and settled with you. Lord, I pray that you just touch those, God, that are watching us by way of internet. God, be with them, comfort them, help them. Those that are in time of bereavement, God, touch them. But Lord, be with us this morning, God, as we preach your word. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit of God. Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. When I began to look through this passage, I saw this scripture. I was absolutely amazed that uh, Jesus Christ was, uh, that blind man was crying out to Jesus and he was going on and he was going to make his own way. But thank God that uh, when the cry of one that was calling out to him stopped him in his tracks. And he just decided that he would turn around and he called for him. And what words of comfort that that is to be able to see that when he said, he calleth for thee. Thank God that I know that there was a day when I was just a little boy that God called for me. And I got saved and I enjoy the salvation of Jesus Christ ever since. And I'll be honest with you, the touch that he had, that Lazarus had on him, or Bartimaeus had on him, that blind man that was there, the touch that God hit him, touched him with, was a touch that absolutely affected the eternal and life of him for the rest of his life here on this earth and for all of eternity. And every person that has ever walked the face of the earth, every man, woman, boy, or girl, has to have a touch from God that will make a difference in their life. And if you don't have that touch, I can tell you that you've missed the greatest thing that you've ever longed for. The things that you've been looking for, the things that you've tried to supplement that with, the fresh touch of God will make all those things go away. And it's essential that we meet the Savior and accept Him. And and without the touch from heaven, we would spend eternity in a place called hell. People say, Brother Shane, do you really truly still preach a place, something old-fashioned like hell? Well, there is a hell to shun and there is a heaven to gain. So therefore, we do have to tell sinners that the penalty of sin is that they will spend eternity in a place called hell. But thank God that the grace of God came along 
that we might be able to have a better place and a better salvation and a better relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to know that I can spend eternity in a great place called heaven. And boy, heaven is going to be wonderful. You think about those streets of gold and you think about the, uh, the gates of pearl and you think about those mansions that Jesus Christ is preparing, but that's not the greatest part about it. Boy, the greatest part is that Jesus Christ himself is in the center. Thank God. And he is the light of that world. Thank God that we don't need any of the sun anymore and the moon and the stars anymore. Because the light, Jesus Christ, is the one that is lighting up that place. And what a wonderful place that we have to do and to look forward. In the Bible that we're looking at today, this morning, in the passage that we look at, we see somebody that leads and longs for the touch of God. This whole blind beggar needed a touch from Jesus Christ. And we're told that we should even pray and we should promote for others to come and to have a touch from Jesus Christ. I pray that my children, Brother Tom, will be touched by God. I pray that my grandchildren someday, although that I don't have any and I need to wait a few more years, glory to God. That my grandchildren will be touched by God. Thankful that I was raised in a family. And I'll be honest with you, a family that wanted the touch of God more than anything else. But we're told to, to take a lot of things. And we're, first of all, by the time we need to take our future to God. Take them to the feet of God. To take them and that they would be able to see a fresh touch from them. We see uh, many that took Jesus, uh, took their young people and their young children to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful thing to be able to do. Let me say this. You need to bring your children to church. You need your children to be bathed in the Word of God. You need your young people to know that there is a Savior that cares for them and loves them and knows every step that they have taken and can give the grace of God and it is sufficient to save us. Glory to God. And we're so thankful that we see those in Mark chapter number 10 earlier in this chapter. Verse number 13 says, And they brought young children to him that they should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. And in Luke, they actually brought their infants to Jesus Christ. But I tell you that we need to bring our future without bringing the children of people uh, uh, to the church house, they'll never know the grace of God. But thank God that we have an old church house that still preaches the gospel, that still preaches that Jesus Christ is coming and coming soon, that we still have those wonderful places. And Harvest Baptist Tabernacle, thank God, is one of those wonderful watering holes for the Christian people. And we have a future that we need to take to Jesus Christ. But we, by example, we need to take our feeble to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need them to have a touch from the Lord God Almighty. Mark chapter number 2, it says, And when they had not come nigh to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down that bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. There was a time that those people couldn't get to Jesus Christ, but boy, they took the extra effort to be able to get to him. They didn't say, boy, we'll come back another day or we'll come back later on because the crowds are too big or the crowd is too large and we, we don't want to go for the press. We, we don't have time to deal with this. Maybe it's too difficult because this guy, we'll have to carry him up there. He can't help himself. But no, those people of God said that he's feeble and he needs a touch from the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can get those people to the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is our duty to do, to bring the feeble to the Lord Jesus Christ. But then in our text, we have a man that's crying out for a touch from Jesus. 
a fresh touch. Something that he needed more than anybody else, he felt like. Boy, that fresh touch. And must I say that every one of us stand in need this morning for the fresh touch of God. Boy, there's, there's times, I'll be honest with you, that we go ahead and we seem to get uh, uh, kind of complacent in our uh, religious activities. And boy, we need to get out of those religious activities and long for the touch of God and long that God would just uh, make an amazing thing to happen and to be able to see. But that fresh touch from God can be available today to you, to me, to every one of us, thank God, that we have. And there's many that have many different needs and there's different touches that everybody needs to have. But glory to God that one touch that we all need is the grace of God. The grace of God is that, that we need to have. And, and that, that man, that, that Bartimaeus was crying out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And, and, and I'm so glad that there's grace that we have for every step of our life. Boy, I know that grace is something that brought me to Him. Grace is something that saved my soul by the mercy of God. And there's grace that lets me live day by day. And there's grace that allows me to be able to go on another step, to be able to endure a trial, to be able to endure a trouble that I may be having. To climb that mountain, I'm able to have the grace of God to give it to me. But the grace of God is absolutely amazing. Today, where I'm standing, I am here by the product of the grace of God. And if you're here this morning, you are the product of the grace of God. And here in the house of God, and it's because the grace of God that we're here, and each of us are here, and without the grace of God, there's very little hope for any of mankind. But thank God, grace is the primary focus here when we get to the New Testament. (laughs) It's amazing that the word grace is actually used 170 times in the Bible, and only 39 of those times are actually found in the Old Testament. The remainder of those times are all found in the New Testament. And thank God that he's giving to that. Uh, but, but the first mention is in chapter, chapter number 5 in the, in the Bible where there's one mention of grace. And, and when we begin to see that, we find that, that Noah is that man that sees that. The Old Testament books, when we look through, Genesis is the one that mentions it the most. And boy, to, to be able to see that God starts off saying, hey... Of all the Old Testament books, I'm going to start off this Bible letting you know that the grace is sufficient for you. That you need grace in your life. That grace is the reason that you're able to live every day and step by step. Grace was in the garden, praise God. Grace was the one that was in the field where Abel laid. And the grace was where Enoch was walking. But then finally, we see that Enoch's grandson, Noah, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Boy, Brother Tom, I'm glad that I found grace. I'm glad that each and every one of us were able to find grace. The only reason that you're here this morning is because the grace of God. The only reason that you were able to put one foot in front of the other is because of the grace of God. The only reason that we have salvation is because of the grace of God. The only reason that Jesus Christ came down and sacrificed because he loved us in the grace of God that he shed on Calvary's hill. Thank God that he did that. And now we've been given this abundance of grace. And, and to be honest with you, when I think of it, I'm, I'm absolutely overwhelmed with the, the thought of grace. And, and boy, there was one, John Newton, that wrote years ago, 1779, I believe it was, that he just said, grace is so amazing. When you can't use any other word, boy, just amazing. There's nothing like it. 
There's nothing like the grace that God gives to us each and every day. And there's nothing like the grace of God for salvation. And then I thank God that James even gave us this fact. That the grace of God is so great. And James chapter number 4 verse number 6 he said, But God, He giveth more grace. Boy, when you stand in need of grace this morning. Come on now. When you stand in need of grace tomorrow. A week from now, when you need grace. Last week, when God gave you the grace that you needed to go through that trial, God's still giving you grace today. The grace that God gave you a month ago and a year ago and ten years ago is the same God that's still on the throne. Is the same God that's still setting up high and mighty and lifted up. He's the same God that can give us the grace that we need to be able to go on. I don't know what grace I may need later on in the future, Pastor. I don't know what it is. But I know that my God has an everlasting supply that He'll never run out, that He'll give it every step of the way, that He'll give grace every day that I need. Glory to God that it is by His grace that we are saved. Thank God that we have that grace. Boy, we look at that and we say, boy, is God's grace, what is it? How is it? What is it so wonderful about it? And I'm hurrying this morning uh, because you, you want to beat people out to the restaurants. I understand that. So we, we can do that. But God's grace is what? Sufficient. Boy. I don't need anything else but the grace of God. You say, I I need a little more of this. No, you don't. You need more grace. The grace that's sufficient. First to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He just said that to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. You don't need anything else. We all have times that we feel like that we're losing a battle. And to be honest with you, we can go down and we seem like we're going to go down. And that's all of it for us. And we're not ever going to make it. And we're sinking to the bottom of the pits. But thank God, God will never let us get there. Because God's grace will reach down and pull us up out of those places. To pull us up out of our sin. Thank God it's sufficient for our salvation. It's sufficient to be in my day of need. And boy, thank God that grace will also make us shout. If grace don't make you shout, I don't know what could possibly make you shout. Because the grace of God that has been given to us. Boy, First Peter chapter number 1, verse number 8. In whom having not seen you love, in whom though you, know, you see not him not, yet believing, yet rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I can rejoice because God gave me grace. I can rejoice and shout because God has done something absolutely amazing in my life. He saved my soul. He gave me a family. He set my feet on a solid rock. He made it available that I might be able to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ and share the grace of God with somebody else. Boy, I've seen my family get saved. I've seen my children get saved. I've seen others around uh, the church houses that got saved and experienced the grace of God. And what a wonderful touch that that we are able to have. And it is the grace of God that we rejoice in. We don't glory in what God has done. We don't worry about what God is doing or what we're going to be able to do. But what God has done deep down inside of every one of us. Boy, that grace is is sufficient and and it's what God does. And in Psalm chapter 51, he goes on and he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It is a grace that gives us that. And uphold me with thy free spirit. We have joy in the grace of God in our daily life and in our trials and in our victories. God gives us the grace that we need. 
But every once in a while, every once in a while, you get to a fresh touch of His glory. I know I've asked y'all this before, but if you've ever been raised like I was raised, you've been in a time where you saw the glory of God moving in a church house. I remember that Wednesday night that I saw it the first time. <laughs> saw the glory of God move through. People say, Brother Shane, you, you're, you're going kind of weird on me. Absolutely not. I'm just going to tell you, it got plum foggy in that place. And some of you don't know, if you don't know plum foggy, ask Brother Barry. He'll be able to teach you. Praise God. But, but, but plum foggy is one of those uh, southerner terms that we have. Boy, it just, it just got, boy, it just settled in. And all of a sudden, Brother Lannon, people just started praising God. Boy, I could just see it like it was like a wave, like it was like it was just moving slowly across the church house, and all of a sudden people began to praise God, and, and it didn't matter who was preaching anymore, and it didn't matter who was singing anymore, and it didn't matter what was going on on the platform anymore, because God had moved in. Boy, that's my prayer, Brother Steve. That is my prayer that God move in. I, I'm not worried about what I do. I'm not worried about what somebody else is going to try to accomplish. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when the glory of God moves in, He can accomplish more in one millisecond than we can spend a lifetime to be able to do. But the glory of God, and I want to see a fresh touch of the glory of God just come through Harvest Baptist Tabernacle sometime to be able to see that God just touched one more time. And it is a wonderful time to be able to see that. And I would never ask God, share your glory, but I want to see it. Boy, I want to experience it. I want to see that God is, is moving in a great and mighty way. And boy, that, that old beggar, that old a blind beggar was just begging. God, give me a little mercy. Give me mercy a little bit more. I need your mercy today. And we can see the glory of, of God in His creation. And we can see the glory of God in the lives that is transformed. I'll be honest with you. Have you ever seen somebody that got saved and you knew them before they got saved? And you thought, who are you? You know why? Because the glory of God moved in. Because there's somebody else that's taking residence in this glory to God. Hallelujah. Because it's not us that's trying to live anymore. Because we're living in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Because they're moving in some way. That we can glory in the fact, not that we are somebody, but we can glory in the fact that we do know somebody. (laughs) Because we are a bunch of nobodies. But I can be honest with you. I am the child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am one that gets to talk to Him on a daily basis, hourly basis, whenever I have unlimited access to the Lord of God. Hallelujah. I've got unlimited access to God Almighty to be able to see Him, to be able to to experience that time, to be able to embrace Him. You say, how is it that you're able to embrace the the glory of God? Boy, I get in that prayer closet and I begin to have time. And you say, is really God that real to you? Well, He's pretty real because I talked to Him this morning. And I don't know about y'all, but I hope y'all have already talked to Him this morning. And I can say like Job, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Glory to God. I know that He is there. I know that He 
is still having the time with me to, to be able to touch me in my life. And there's a moment, glory to God, that I felt His glory for the first time. You say, when was that, Brother Shane? Oh, you're going to get tired of hearing it. But I was a six-year-old little boy that Jesus Christ put His grace on me. He put the glory of God uh, by the Holy Spirit of God down inside of my heart. I embraced it. I enjoyed it. And I know that He saved my soul. Boy, the day that I got saved, you couldn't convince me that I wasn't saved. You couldn't tell me what you got wasn't real. Because why? I know that when I experienced it, Brother Jeffrey, I know what I got was very, very real. It was more real than everything, anything that I had ever experienced before. You say, Brother Shane, why do you get so excited? Because I don't have to go to hell because Jesus Christ saved my soul. I don't have to worry about the debt of sin anymore because glory to God, Jesus Christ has saved my soul. Why are you so worried about what's going on in the world today? Because I want everybody else to experience the same thing that I got to experience, to embrace and to be able to know that God, their Savior, can be with them and they can know Him on a personal level. But boy, it's an experience, boy. I'm going to be honest with you. When I always read in Isaiah chapter number 6, boy, that experience that Isaiah had, boy, I'd love to be able to see something like that. To be able to see a fresh fresh, uh, vision of God. And and Isaiah chapter number 6, verse number 3 says this, and one cried to another, speaking about those seraphims, one cried to one another, hold Holy, holy, holy. Why? Because God is holy, holy, holy. There's none like Him. The glory of God is absolutely nothing like it. And I love the fact that towards the end of that verse it says, And the whole earth is full of His glory. Well, the glory of God. And I just want to see a a touch of glory one more time. There were a few times that I've experienced it, boy. But I'll be honest with you. Ever since that day, ever since that time, I'm looking for the next one. I'm looking for the next time to see the glory of God move through. I'm looking for the next time to see it. And boy, in in, in 1 Kings chapter number 8, the Bible says this. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. That the cloud filled the house of the Lord. What's the cloud? The glory of God coming down. Talking about that temple. They're uh, dedicating that temple. Well, what was going on? Well, when they were come out, they got out of the way. You want to know why we're not able to see a lot of times what's going on? Because we don't get out of the way. Ouch. If we just get out of the way and let God do what He wants to do. We get out of the way and let God move the way He wants to move. And we, we think that if He doesn't do it within the first uh, couple of uh, choir songs and by the time, Lord God, if we don't have it by offering, we're in trouble. But no, just get out of the way and to be able to see what God... That's what I love about our church, that we're not worried about a program. We're not worried about uh, how we go and, and do this one step at a time. Glory to God if God shows up. The Holy Spirit of God shows up. And the glory of God comes down on this place and comes down on our pastor as he's preaching or comes down on the people of God. And these altars are always open. Wonderful to be able to see the touch of God take place. Get out of the way. And it goes on, it says, and the priest could not stand. 
ran to minister because of the cloud. And I, and for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Boy, I hunger. I thirst. I long to be able to see a day like that where we just get out of the way and a fresh touch of glory comes through our house one more time. But then I also think about a, another touch. And I said when I started this morning that I think the people of God ought to be the happiest people in the world. Saw some people that, I'll be honest with you, Brother Joe, I believe they've been baptized in lemon juice. Pruned up. Y'all know them. I guarantee somebody just flashed in your head. A couple of them, yeah. Boy, they just, uh, but I'll be honest with you. We need a little gladness around here. I'm not saying here. I'm not saying our church. I love y'all. I love the people of God. This is a wonderful place. But I'm telling you, there's some Christians that could, boy, we could just, boy, glad to be serving in the house of God. Glad, gladness that would come out. Boy, he was just crying out. And I want to cry out to Jesus Christ. God, give me. God, give me a little more gladness. God, give me a little more of what I can... I, I want somebody to actually, Brother Bob, want to come to church when they see me. Well, we, we go to Publix. We ought to put on a show for Jesus Christ. I, I, heard, I heard Brother David Gibbs preach that your face is God's billboard. Wow. That convicted me. That convicted me big time. Boy, the gladness we need to share. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Glad that God has given us that way. Why the gladness? Why? Because the demonstration of power that God has. The demonstration of power that God has shown to each and every one of us. We ought to be glad to be able to know that I know Him. That He knows me. He's numbered the hair on my head. He knows exactly what I'm going through. Tomorrow He knows what you're facing. He has that grace for that. He can touch you with that grace. But God give us a little gladness to be able to smile. To be able to go on and tell somebody that God is still on the throne. That Jesus Christ is still the answer that God has given us every step of that, that way. Boy, he's just in second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It says, My pre- uh, speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. How is it? By the Holy Spirit of God. By God Almighty. Boy, the demonstration just makes us glad. It brings gladness when I hear the Word of God preached. Boy, Brother Joe's right. You, boy, there's those people that can preach that make you want to preach and those that can't preach that make you want to preach. And some of you are probably feeling both ways right now. But I'll be honest with you. I, I'm glad that, that I can just enjoy knowing that the Word of God is proclaimed and I can get excited because God is doing something. Boy, His Word is not ever going to return void because when it is preached, it is brought forth and proclaimed from the housetop or from a pulpit or through the Internet or in the, in the sanctuary like this. Thank God that we can hear the Word of God, and bring gladness into our lives. My heart was made glad by the Word of God ministering to me many a times. But I'm so thankful this, that boy, gladness, why do I have gladness? Because it, Jesus Christ has the victory. <laughs> There's coming a day 
Say, boy, the church looks like it's having dark days. Oh, just wait. Boy, it looks like there's a lot of problems. The political world is in turmoil. We're all about to go to World War III. And I'll be honest with you, we probably are. It'll be all right with me. Why? Because I got God on my side. Because I don't have to worry about what is going on in all of these other places. Because I just need to worry about where my real citizenship really lies. I need to worry about that. And and he's got that under control. (laughs) Boy, the demonstration of the power and the victory that he has. And I'll be glad that there's coming a happy reunion day. Boy, those of you that have lost loved ones over these past few months or the last years, just know that God is going to bring a glad reunion day. That there's going to come a time and we can be glad in knowing that God is in control of that and He's going to bring it about when exactly when He needs to. And this is when Jesus comes and defeats Satan and I'm looking forward to the day. I'm going to be honest with you. There's been times in my life I wanted to rear back and try to punch the devil and give him a black eye. But I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about it. Hey, have you ever had, you have ever had somebody like a big brother take care of business when a bully was coming a hold and getting a hold of you? Well, I never had a big brother, but I had my sisters beat up bullies for me, praise God. (laughs) True story. True story. You don't make my sisters mad, glory to God. But boy, I don't have to worry about it. My dad years ago said, there's a bully that's coming up. He said, I'd taken enough. I'd taken too much. I wasn't going to worry about it anymore. I was going to stand up to that bully no matter what had happened to me. If I got beat up, I was going to get beat up. And, and I, if, if I just uh, was able to go through and, and win the battle, I was going to win the battle. And he, he said, I, I was just going to do it that day. I didn't care what happened. So I went ahead and that bully started coming up to me. And he, dad said, I stood up to him. And I just looked at him. I didn't say a word. So that bully was coming closer and closer. And then all of a sudden that bully started... Of course, dad said, look at me. All I had to do all these years was just flex these muscles. But then he turned around, Brother Gus, and he realized it wasn't him at all that had run the bully off. His big brother had walked up behind him. Oh, glory to God, I'm about to get blessed. Because when I have to face the devil, when I have to face the demons of hell, when I have to face everything that's going on, and boy, I'm thinking I'm just going to take a stand because Jesus Christ has told me to stand, and I'm going to stand no matter what's going on, and whether I lose or whether I get beat up or whatever's happening in my life, I'm just going to stand, and then all of a sudden my big heavenly brother... Hallelujah, glory to God. Walks up behind me and the devil don't want nothing to do with him, glory to God. Because he's already been defeated one time. And he's going to be defeated again in the end of the time. And I'm thankful that, thank God, that I'm part of the family of God. And he's there for me. And I know that I can uh, just have gladness in knowing that God is on my side. Boy, a fresh touch. Fresh touch one more time from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, salvation isn't the end of the story. It's just the beginning. Jesus Christ is real today. 
He's still on the throne. He's not been overthrown. And we don't, we don't need to worry about crying out and not allow that world to silence us from our praise. We just need to cry out for grace. God, I need a fresh touch. Can you remember that day that you got touched with the grace of God? Hallelujah. But then all of a sudden you experience the glory of God because God came in and glory came down. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ saved our soul. But every once in a while we need to be reminded. God, show me your majesty. God, show me your greatness. God, I need a fresh touch. God, make gladness in my heart today. I want to ask you this. What is your need today? Because His grace is sufficient for every need. The glory of God makes all the difference in your life. And boy, the gladness of God. Maybe we just not need to get restored and say, God, boy, the devil's been fighting me so hard. Boy, everything's been going so long, so hard for me. But God, I, I just need your touch one more time. I just need a touch from you that only you can provide for me. Boy, the greatest thing is, Brother John, the fact is that we can come to this altar right here and freely take from what God has in store for us. I'm just going to ask you, wonder if you need to step out and get a little grace, get a little gladness. Look for the glory of God. Lord, just say, God, show me one more time. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father.